0: Sure Sheen podcast shining a light to the nations Shalom once again everyone and welcome once again to our Torah tidbit This time our tidbit is taken from the Torah portion called Vayechi which means and he lived And unlike most of our Torah tidbits this time the Torah portion's Title, that is bayechi provides our theme for the tidbit. That means that, and he lived is our theme and refers to the opening statement in the Torah portion. It's recorded for us in Genesis chapter 47, beginning in verse 28. And Jacob lived, that is bayechi He lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. And when the time drew near that Israel also known as Jacob, when it when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And of course that's referring to machpelah In And so we see in this concluding section of Genesis, we witness the conclusion of the life of the third of the three primary patriarchs. Of course, we're referring to Abraham, Isaac, and of course, Jacob. And by the time he had died, Jacob had lived in Egypt, a second exile, if you will, for a total of 17 years. And ironically, interestingly, Joseph was 17 when he was sold into Egypt. We know that Jacob lived in Syria, which would have been his first exile, for 20 years. Meaning that, according to the scripture, he lived a total of 110 years in the land of Canaan. And so then in another interesting connection, Joseph died at 110 years. But anyway, our point is that during his life, Jacob had endured exile. He had endured many hardships there was the threat from Esau, and the subsequent flight to Paddan Aram. He had to contend there with Levon's tyranny and with his dishonesty and all of his threats. Then there were the events where he had to encounter uh, Esau coming back into the land and all the things that happened to him while he was in the land, including the abuse of Dinah and the subsequent events at Shechem. While he was in Canaan, he lost his favored wife and his favored son, Joseph. And just before coming to Egypt, he had to face famine and the threat of losing more sons and grandchildren. And so it was, to say the least, a life filled with trials. Therefore, the name of this portion, and he lived, infers that life is bound to have its trials and it's bound to have its tribulations. Yeshua foretold us that this was to be expected in the life of a believer as we journey through this world, because he tells us in John chapter 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. But then he says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so while to live means that we will have to endure hardships, trials, tribulations, We can also know that, like Jacob found to be true, in our God, we can find peace in the midst of those trials. In fact, we are encouraged by the Messiah to be of good cheer because Yeshua has overcome the world and the trials that it offers. We are to be at peace, he says. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Messiah, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, Paul says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so, he just reiterates the fact that we should find peace and to be of good cheer in spite of the fact that we're facing all these trials. And in both of these verses that we just read, the Hebrew equivalent for the word tribulation or trial is zarah, which means to squeeze. It means trouble. And so, this word provides the root word for the Hebrew term mitzrayim, which is the Hebrew term for Egypt. That is the place that Jacob found himself at the end of his life, still being squeezed. Remember, at the beginning of his life, he was in a struggle with his brother in the womb of his mother. And so then from beginning to end, there was trouble throughout his life. But Jacob lived and he endured. In this world, we're going to encounter the Esau's and the Levans that come across our path. We're going to have to deal with Egypt, as it were. But none of the troubles that life brings us or that Egypt brings us can separate us from the Messiah because he lived and lives. The Lord had told Jacob very early in his life in Genesis chapter 28, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And in a very similar fashion, Messiah said to us in Matthew 28, verse 20, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jacob, or Israel, had encountered and had endured many hardships, but he lived. And because he did, even while he was in Egypt, in Mitzrayim, the land of trials, he was reunited with his lost son, Joseph. He was able to adopt his two sons, that is, Joseph's sons, as his own. That is, Manasseh and Ephraim. And those things continue to resonate with us today. They have ramifications for us today. That is, his adoption of Manasseh and Ephraim. And that brings me to this thought. You remember the movie, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart? In that movie, we are reminded of what I'll call the George Bailey factor and that is this, it really does matter if you live or if you don't. Each person's life factors significantly in the lives of others, and especially in times of trial. It impacts those lives in varying ways, and it has long-lasting ramifications. Now, it can be for good or it can be for evil, but nonetheless, it will have an impact. The choice there seems to be ours to make. However, we should never embrace the idea that our life doesn't matter. We can't embrace that, because like George Bailey, if we give into the idea that our problems are so monumental that it would have been better had we not been born, a sentiment Job briefly gave into, by the way. When we focus on that, when we focus on the trials, the troubles, the tribulation, our Egypt, it's hard to see that our life does have an impact. Therefore, as believers, we must not focus on those things, but we must focus on the one who gives us peace in the midst of the storm. We must focus on the one who has overcome the world and all the trials that come along with the world and the one who lives forevermore. And should tomorrow bring more trials, more tribulations, and more troubles, as is likely to do, we should remember Jacob whose life was filled with hardships, but he was a man that as he neared the end of his life, he gave honor to God for bringing him through all of those hardships and tribulations. And so then, folks, it's like the old song says, I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Because of that, I can face tomorrow. Because not only did he live, but he lives. And that's it for this tour tidbit. Thanks for joining me. Shalom. Like what you're hearing? Become a Bill Cloud Premium Partner to watch or listen to hundreds of hours of teachings and resources on demand. Go to BillCloud.com slash subscribe to start watching today.